Welcome to another week of Surviving Creativity, the show all about following your dreams, becoming your own boss, and surviving the process. Surviving Creativity is made possible by listeners like you. So if you like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and please consider becoming a patron. I'm your co-host, Corey Cassoni. I'm joined every week by cartoonists Brad Geiger and Scott Kurtz. This week, all about ad blockers. We look at the history of it and what it means for you as a creator or you as a reader. Is the economy going to come tumbling down around you? What are you going to do? How are you going to move on? What does the future hold? Should we be worried? Sit back, relax, and enjoy another week of Surviving Creativity. the little like rubber bands that hold it in place so it shouldn't wobble like even if your desk is wobbling the mic should sit in the middle Corey, it shouldn't be a problem. every time we start to record you have to figure out how to set all your shit up again so i don't want to hear it i'm not <laughs> hey look that's fine i'm just wondering i'm honestly concerned why it's happening look advertising online that's why we're here right let's talk about right. that let's I hope someone has an ad me. for a new mic <laughs> so. don't search it you'll get an ad um the ad blockers are coming built into browsers now. And They're baked in. That's baked the new in. word. Come on, oh, is get that the how vertical right. It? They're baked yeah. in. Is that how everybody's saying it now? <laughs> you got to get the. Oh, Brad. Oh, Brad. What? No, you got to be careful because you keep saying things like an old man. He is an old man. We're all old men. <laughs> He's not that old. <laughs> what did but I Brad, say? What? First of all, here's a rule of thumb, okay? okay. Don't put the in front of any technology. <laughs> okay? That's step one. I, got, I gotta stop saying the Netflix. For, it, for Batman, the is fine. Right. But for any any startup, <laughs> don't put a the in front of it. No, no the Twitter or the Facebook? And never, ever say... Is that what they're calling it these days? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know, I didn't even hear myself say that, but that is a very old man phrase. I'm I just, love it. I'm just trying to help you out. I love it. I'm all for it. I say we <laughs> we own it. We own I, the old men. Oh, God. I do tell you what. I got to say, I like my 40s. Corey. Uh, yeah. You're gonna love them, dude. I'm not there yet, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm dude, already kind it is of a the best. I'm already kind of an old soul. And I think I'm gonna hit 40s, and it's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get. I'm telling you, man. You're gonna turn 40, and you're gonna say, "This feels right. Let's go get a fedora." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and what do you think it is? Is it the fact that you finally kind of either know who you are at that point, or you've come? At, at, to a certain amount of peace with who you are. I don't know. Corey was saying there's a study that shows that young people's brains aren't fully formed, which explains so much. Oh, yeah. 
What was your study that you read, Corey? No one's talking about it. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. There's a there's there was a report on NPR talking about this about how there are certain aspects um, psychologically that aren't developed until tw- until 25, actually. Yeah. So there there's some new studies that that uh, suggest that um, people's brain hasn't fully developed until uh, 25 or a little bit older, and the the one part in particular, I'm searching right now because I'm trying to find out what the psychologists call it. I I want to say it's dissuasion, maybe. It's it's you know the voice in your head. The, the example they give is your. A twenty a twenty two year old is standing in the shower and all they can picture is the scene from Psycho and they're convinced the curtain is going to draw back and they're going to stab to death. A yeah, 20, yeah. A twenty seven yeah. year old has a voice in their head that goes, "That's ridiculous. Chill out." <laughs> but that that thing doesn't develop until twenty five. So it used to be that people thought that the brain was developed at like eighteen to twenty. And now they're saying that between the years of 18 and 25, there's some, uh, some major changes happening sort of in, in the brain, that the brain is only mm-hmm. like halfway through the process and the prefrontal cortex isn't developed yet. Um, and think about how many life-altering decisions we tend to make between the ages of 18 and 25. Well, and that's the Crazy thing, right? Is the, the prefrontal is the thing that controls... Uh, it, impulse inhibition and behavioral organization and uh, goal setting. So we're basically saying to kids at 18, you're an adult now, go out and make huge life decisions. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, that's not, maybe not the best time. Uh, and, and you know, this is, again, this is us being old men, but in retrospect, I look back and I go, I didn't figure it out until at least 30 at least I, it, I wasn't there. And in my mid thirties, I started to come to realizations about, about life that could be experience based where it's like, I don't think, you know, how everybody, and, and I think this is actually a marketing thing that happened is because of the, the cradle to grave marketing, we convinced kids that they need to have made these life decisions about who they are and what they're doing at a certain age, a very young age. And we would be like, oh, look at this 25-year-old. He's a multimillionaire. Or look at this 18-year-old has written a book or whatever. You know, Rowling didn't write uh, Harry Potter until she was like in her 40s. Uh, right. And she's not the right. only one. Like oh, when you take start... a look at the number of artists who didn't do anything until they were four. I mean, there's a lot of people that their significant work didn't come until their late 30s, early, 40, uh, early 40s. Dick Brown started Hagar the Horrible in his 50s. Yeah. I think that there's a I think that we've been bamboozled. I think that we've been convinced creatively that you're an artist like you've you've hit your peak by 30. And if you haven't had it figured out by 30, you're you're screwed. I personally think most people that I know now that I'm older, they didn't hit their stride until 35 bare minimum. Many of them didn't figure out even what they wanted to do with their life until 40 and they didn't. And then from 40 to 45, they spent that time developing their craft and they weren't actually hitting a stride until 45 or 50 in some cases. Uh, And there's a lot of historically, there's a lot of artists like that. Now, the funny thing is 
as soon as we say that, I can think of 12 exceptions. Oh, well, there's yeah. an exception to every rule, but you have I to... I can think of an exception in this very chat room, because Tavis is... I think he's, well, he's what, like 19? How old is Tavis? <laughs> 12, 13. 12, something like that. <laughs> babies having babies, dude. No, but <laughs> I really think that the... Oh, that that explains it. I don't yeah. know why I thought he was so much younger. No, Tavis is 34. Tavis is an old soul. He's no, Tavis is an adult. He's figured. See, he's figured out what he wants to do, and now he's got five more, five or six more years to figure it out. Dylan, you're not 32. So, I don't buy it. <laughs> oh boy, Dylan, come on. Yeah, I love that Amber. I love you, Dylan. Amber is just remaining utterly silent. She's saying nothing. <laughs> the youngest one in the room by far, far and away. Dylan's. I think Dylan's like 52, right? She's an old soul. For for those of you listening who may not know, we run a virtual office so often we're recording and whoever's in the office can just turn on their mic and be on the show and right now there's six of us in the office and only three of us talking because you know how i'm old is last night i had a last night i had a god i can't even say it was a sex dream because i don't have sex dreams i was hitting i I always flirt i always jump around the (laughs) concept of it my sex dreams are always like if i go a step further i'm cheating on my wife god dang it I hate to admit that, but that's in your my dreams. dreams. Yes, in my dreams. In your dreams, you're stopping yourself from cheating on your wife. In my dreams, the sex dream is the taboo of, I'm considering this. <laughs> I know, it's so Going pathetic. right up to the line. Wait, listen, that's not the funny part of this story yet. <laughs> well, we're entertained, so please continue. I know. <laughs> the person last night in my dreams, or this morning, I guess it was, that I was making this big decision about get ready you're going to you're going to laugh at this if you're young cuz you don't know who this is and you're going to laugh at this if you're old because you do know who it is marky post <laughs> no what yeah yeah marky po- the now now we, uh, uh, oh, so many questions i got <laughs> brad you, oh you, my god my brain so many questions <laughs> were you in the uh, in the courtroom no but I did no. bring up that I recently put her in a comic strip. As pathetic as that is, <laughs> was she impressed? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming this is like 1982 or 83 Marky Post, and like not negative, sir. This is modern day Marky Post. Yeah, I always go for older ladies. This is 64 year old Marky Post. Is she 64 now? Yes. All right, I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> sure. We all would. Oh. She's a Are pretty old me? lady, man. I'm looking at photos oh, right she now. Got, she is, listen, she's got she a She has aged really well. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah, the reason why she was on my mind is because Gloria Kellett is doing like a, a couple, a, a theater, she's doing theater and Marky's in it. Oh, oh really? wow! That's great. Yeah, <coughs> I think that's why it was on my brain. That's I mean, other than the fact that Night Court is always kind of on my brain, it's <laughs> just as a show. It's always in the background, just on repeat. Well, yeah. I mean, PVP is essentially Night Court and News Radio in a lot of ways. In all ways, <laughs> in yes, in many ways. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm anyway. Ad. That's a lot like ads. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
We got to talk about ads. People want to hear about ads. It's true. Why, sh- why should they be scared about ads? They shouldn't. I don't think they should. No, nah, they should. Absolutely, well, they should be. I think we should start with what is happening for maybe people who aren't familiar, because advertising is a big part of our revenue stream. And uh, I'm scared. I, you know, I'm not. But we'll get to that in a minute. I'm not um, really. I'm just trying to be provocative. <laughs> So guys, I don't I do want to say something real quick to sum up the last conversation. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that well, no, because I enjoyed it before this. I don't really know what is that I'm in my 40s and what is I'm on Lexapro. But both are pretty great. <laughs> well, yeah. There's there's a lot to be said for being in your 40s. Like I said, it it for me it is finally I kind it, it, it everything settled out. I, I either knew who I was or I became okay with who I was. One See, of those like, two things happened. Like right now, and my friends are a better judge than me. Like when a group of people, when I find out a group of people don't like me, and I'm like, well, why don't they like me? And well, we're not really sure, but they've all decided they've had a meeting they don't like you. And now my decision, my, um, I get up. Uh, it's a lot quicker for me to get to. All right, well, we got Sleepy Hollow and the Blacklist DVR. Like, which <laughs> would you prefer? <laughs> like, it's quicker to get to there. Yeah, where you used to be concerned about it. Oh, it would just it would wreck me. And now it's kind of like, eh, all right. Yeah, I uh, mm-hmm. I had all right. Does Angie like me still? Right. Does my is my <laughs> wife still into me? Well, then I'm fine. How does Angie feel about it? I had a. Uh, Again, we're not going to talk about ads for a second because I had a similar. <laughs> uh, talk. Let's just be the episode where we keep coming back to ads but never really talk about it. Oh, I had a I had a similar interesting experience with Twitter because I finally got blocked by a couple people, which really yeah well, we know why that is. Well, but here's the thing, and I and I came at first. I had about ten minutes where I where I was literally like, "What did I do? How did I upset someone?" And and I came to the almost immediate realization where I went, I it's not that I don't care, but I understand it because the the person using Twitter needs to tailor their experience, and by blocking me, they never see anything from me, and it's one of those things where it's like, and these are people that I interact with in real life on a regular basis, and some of them I have these relationships with, and they maybe I just tweet too much shit from Japan or. You know, like it, it. I went from a fear that I had done something horrible, that I was a bad person, <coughs> to almost immediately getting it and going, "Oh, well, maybe I should block some people because there are people that I know and like in real life. I don't really care to read their Twitter feed uh, ever. I, I mute people. I mute people for uh, a month at a time because I don't want to stop following them or upset them. But there's a million reasons why. You should follow or unfollow someone. I mean, it, it, could, it could just be, I've got I've to gotta read less of this, and I know I'm never going to bring myself to quit, mm-hmm. but if I slow my feed down a bit, I mean, I, that's, I think that happens a lot. You're I think forming people, your own habit by restricting it from yourself, and then well, you fall yeah, out of the habit. Well, like, yeah, like, look, I love Sam Sykes. Love him. Mm-hmm. Love the guy. Fucker won't stop tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when he writes books between tweets. 
Maybe <laughs> I guess, man. The tweets are dialogue for the books. No, Iker loves to tweet. Whereas I love following Sam because it's so off the wall. It's really funny. It's, it's out there. Really funny. He but sometimes it. I mute him for a week. Yeah. Sometimes I'll mute him for a week. Well, and it all depends people, on my week. Yeah. I, well, I like the mute that feature. That's kind of new, isn't it? Newish. It. You know what? It's app based. I found it's not. Oh really? So it depends on what app you're using. Yeah, it's not. Oh. I don't know that it's Twitter based. I, I thought I thought I tw- uh, muted people right from Twitter. I don't know. Is that what they're calling it now? <laughs> <coughs> Dylan says it's Twitter based, and she's young, so she knows. That's probably <laughs> that's probably right. I there are a couple people that I've <laughs> muted, and not because I, I I disliked them, but because sometimes when they tweet, all of a sudden they'll tweet like ten times in a row, and yeah, it, it's just, like a and spam it fills up the entire page, and it's like, oh my god, t- give it a break. I I, I need I, you know I, I, it's too much. It depends on who it is, like. Like, if it's Sam, I know it's Wednesday and he's really into owls. He does and wool, if it's he does wool Wednesday. And if it's and if it's and if it's I love he's gonna be talking shop and I I know I do too. I poor Sam. <laughs> I mute him every day of the week but Wednesday. <laughs> but poor Sam, it's so funny. Sam, you gotta slow down on the tweets, bro. <laughs> if you no. wanna hear, we did an episode with Sam. If you wanna listen yeah. to an episode of Sam, go go back and find the episode that, that is listed to Sam Sykes. He came on and talked to us. And about, and and know that he was probably tweeting as we recorded it. I'm sure yeah. he had to have been. Absolutely, I guarantee you, he was tweeting while the other guy who's a writer that tweets constantly is John Scalzi. Mm-hmm. That guy is always on Twitter, 124. Seven. He's on Twitter. Friend of friend of Sam. Yeah. They're 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 tweeting each other, bro. They're tweet pros. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Listen, let's talk about muting advertisements because that's where we're at right now. But Finally Corey, Corey, right? You were muted. You're <laughs> muted by. You're blocked by people in Twitter for a very specific reason, and it's very fascinating. Uh, I think. I, don't know. And, I guess maybe. I hear it a lot in on Stern when he talks about comedians. Yeah. But there's something about comedians and and web comics people. And there's this weird thing where um sometimes people in web comics do not like seeing other people do well. Mm. I think they that's just any. don't like it. I think that's any industry. It's like, well, I had you in this box, and you're not in that box anymore, and well, I do not, I'm not comfortable. I am not comfortable with you in this box. Bleh. We've talked about this before. There's a social media episode where we talked about this, where it's like Twitter and Facebook are the highlight. It's somebody's highlight reel. You're only seeing the, the – nobody – if somebody tweets about the bad shit, then they're a sad sack and nobody wants to follow them. So everybody's <laughs> tweeting their A plus material, mm-hmm. and which to me makes Twitter super entertaining. But I'm never under the illusion when I meet someone that I know from Twitter that they are going to be anything like my in- interpolation of them from the the tweet sphere. 
I don't Brian Leo Brian Leo Malley taught me that lesson. <laughs> he's like the sweetest man in person, <laughs> and he's the most sardonic son of a bitch online. Oh no no! I mean, I wrote him one time. I saw pictures of him from a mocha or something. Yeah, I sent him an email, and I'm like, I saw these pictures of you and and like Meredith Grant and Rich Stevens and all these mocha cartoonists, and I'm like, I guess I'm the old guy now. Look at look how fun they're having and how young they are. And I'm like, it made me happy, but it also kind of made me realize I'm, old, older. I'm just an old guy. Yeah. yeah. And he wrote back and he's like, yeah, I don't really know any of those people. I was, you know, like, I don't really know them. I don't <laughs> hang out with them. I and mean, he might have just been being nice for no, all I, I know. I don't know that he floats like, in that. Oh, this really. poor old son of a bitch. Yeah. No one Wait. wants to have fun with Scott. I don't throw him a bone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, listen, advertising <laughs> 24 minutes in. We got to get to the top. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> advertising. Uh, so what has happened that's got people freaked out so we can catch you up? Um, ad blockers have always been a thing, but they've generally been a thing for the tech savvy. And now they've become a, a, a baked in addition to new browsers and often the first ad to any browser that uses an extension. Uh, and the the reason why is because advertising has become so aggressive that you often can't even view a page, particularly on mobile. Like right. you'll you'll be on your phone and you'll go to a you'll hit a link and go to a site. And these it's are major mad. these are sites like New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I mean, these are you know Forbes. God, Forbes mm, doesn't even Forbes do an ad. They the do the worst. goddamn thought of the day, where it's like I don't uh, care about your thought of the day. Get me to the uh, content you're just hitting me twice so you can double up on ad revenue it's ridiculous um so what's happened is there's been a rise in ad blockers and it like all things that go viral it happened very quickly it over mm -hmm. the course of just a couple months it used to be only the tech savvy were using ad blockers and they were whitelisting very uh liberally of the sites that they like and you know they were using them in a in a in a uh intelligent way to everybody's mom has an ad blocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like you can, ad blocker is now the them. Facebook of the internet. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at, I, cause I did a piece for webcomics.com in uh, January, 2013 ad blocker usage. Now this is desktop was at 54 million. According to page fair, January, 2014, it's 121 million. January, 2015, 181 million. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's just this exponential rise. Right. And I personally blame uh the publishers. I blame ourselves. I blame the people who are who have put up the sites. It's our I mean it's our fault. We did it. And I know well, that's not going to be a didn't. popular opinion. Well, a, a segment of us did it uh, because I'd say by and large, most of us long ago disabled pop-ups, disabled pop-unders. Sure. You know, it disabled a lot of the most aggressive of the advertising. It's the ones that uh, that were, frankly, probably the ones answering to uh, stockholders and, and shareholders and stuff like that who needed to drive that advertising revenue as high as they possibly could. I... Um, I did a little bit of research on this going in and I honestly think you can track it back to when the New York times online ditched their ad department. So, really? yeah. So the way that advertising online works, um, is, is, 
an advertiser goes to a provider like Google, OpenX, uh, Tribal Fusion, and they say, I would like a place an ad. Uh, here's my ad. I want it to run on these kind of sites, or they might say, I want it to run on this site specifically. And then uh, the publishers, that's us, we have spaces designated on our site for that ad to run. And, and the intermediary, the middleman, usually Google, places the ad for us and they give us a percentage of the revenue based on the number of views or clicks that the ad got uh, called CPC or CPM respectively. Um, and then, and then you know, everybody gets their piece. Google gets their piece for acting as a middleman. Uh, we get our piece for running the ad. The advertiser's happy because they got a whole bunch of new traffic from the ad. Uh, many places had their own departments. So New York Times was the last bastion of this. They had a sales department and what these advertising sales departments would do is they would go directly to an advertiser they would skip google skip the middleman and they would go to like chevy and be like hey we have a piece running in new york times online all about trucks and it just happens that your truck is great so uh we thought <laughs> or not yeah or not so we thought you'd like to buy an ad on the site that's going to run next to the article and they would charge them a premium price uh, so they would get a lot more money than they get if they're going through Google. The advertiser would arguably get more views or clicks than they would get if they were going through Google because it was directed. We used to do this a lot on PVP and Table Titans. We used to do this a lot with uh, with companies like uh, Blizzard or Ubisoft or something. You know, a new Assassin's Creed game is coming out. We go to Ubisoft and go, "Hey, put an ad on our site." We get we'll a lot do of a special thing. Yeah, we get we'll do a special thing. You get a lot of traffic, that kind of stuff, and. Um, so two things happened. One, companies that uh, would be placing the advertisements that used to have ad departments got rid of their ad departments. So they started... And went with... Agencies. Agencies. Yeah. So they started going to a big advertising firm. Uh, like there's a firm in Portland called Weidman and Kennedy. And they basically... It's like Mad Men, right? Like you're a product and you go to Weidman and Kennedy and you go, I want people to know about my product. And Weidman and Kennedy goes, ah, this is great. We're going to come up with a big advertine for you. Uh and they do it they do it online. Oh, Dylan is correcting me. It's Wyden, not <laughs> Wideman. So sorry. Maybe they should brand themselves a little better so that uh, don't, don't get mad at her because <laughs> you got it wrong. Well, true. Uh but this is the company that came up with like the um the just beautiful black man that was in the shower for Old Spice that they were doing a whole series of YouTube commercials. I like, love that guy. Yeah, they they invented all that stuff. I mean, this is a, this is Good all looking them. guy. So <laughs> now, as a publisher, we've got Ubisoft, who we used to talk to directly, who understood our site. There, we would go to them, and they go, "Ah, yeah, we'll go to our agency." So we go to the agency, and we can't even get past the desk agent because the guy at the front door is just looking at a block of numbers and going, uh, Who are you? "Yeah, your site doesn't get enough traffic for us to advertise with you." And we go, "Well, listen, we get less traffic than another site, but." this is your user base. Like we have analytics on our users. These are the people you want to reach. You're going to reach more of them. Uh, and they just, I don't know. They didn't believe us, I guess is the best way to explain. <laughs> Couldn't get past the front door. No, normally time they don't get to the front door. It used to be, you'd go to, you'd go to Ubisoft and you'd say, dude, you, we should do this. And we could have like a, uh, we'll do some special comics about Assassin's Creed, and then we'll run a block of ads on the site, and then we'll give away codes. And they're like, yeah, man, let's do it. And then you do it, and you'd agree on a price. And now they're like, yeah, man, let's do it. Here's the number of our agency. And then you call the agency, and they're like, who are you? I don't give a shit about you. Yeah. What the fuck is PVP? Well, I, because I, the agencies are 
less about um, they're about total reach. They're about right? the metric. They're about the they're num- they're, the they're about eyeballs. the number. Yeah, it reminds me very much of the old VC days. Mm. You're just gonna stop at that. <laughs> I'm trying to think about how to put it. <laughs> I'm trying to be a responsible adult, okay? Oh, good. I'm 44 years old, and I have Lexapro <laughs> in my system, so I'm choosing my words carefully now, Corey. <laughs> I have had when when Penny Arcade did my advertising, they would stop offering inventory at a certain point. Right, because you want to encourage the, and this is where I think we start we start becoming the reason why ads have gotten so bad lately. Well, so the the logic behind it is that the magic number is the click-through rate. Right. It's not how many times the advertising is seen on your website or runs on the website. It's how many times it's been clicked on versus the number of times it ran. And that number, the percentage of times an ad was clicked, is your click-through rate. The higher the click-through rate, the more impressive your ad stats are. Right. Um... So you can, uh, you can jerry-rig the stats a little bit by turning off an ad when you hit a certain percentage of clicks. I mean, you know your readers, right? Yeah. And you know when they stop paying attention. So if once you stop paying attention, you cut off the inventory, then you're no longer feeding your readers ads they don't want to see anymore, so you're not pissing them off. The advertiser gets the mo- most bang for their buck, and so you they're move on. Yeah. But the agencies will call you and say... Hey, come on! Let's run some more ads. Let's get some more ads. They don't care. Yeah, they just want whether the, or not they want the pure it was clicked metric. on. Right. They just want it out there. They just want to throw it out there. They don't care who sees it, if it gets seen, if it annoys them. All it care they care about is if it runs. Right. Uh, for as far as I can tell, so it's very interesting. And you know, we've had conversations with advertisers for a long time where we'll say, look, um, you know, let me do some comics about it. Let me do it like this. Um, and they're like, well, we want to, you know, why don't you talk about it in the strip? And I'm like, mm, let's do something separate. The strip will run, but let's do some separate comics. Well, and, if and they know it's an ad, they won't get pissed. And that's where you're getting into native advertising, which is something mm-hmm. that- well. We've done right. it for a long time, but but there's a difference between doing, you know, there's a difference between people in PvP playing Magic, which makes sense, and people in PvP eating Planters peanuts because we got a huge check. And and again, I blame the publishers because Planters would come to a, to someone and say, uh, write a blog post about how great Planters peanuts is, and people would do it because they want the big check. So now the content has been corrupted. I, I I don't know. I mean, you see it in movies all the time. Sure. But, but if, I mean, you, if you can make it work, if it's organic and natural, that's one thing. If it's just a clear ad buy. It's been going on for years. It's not always bad. No, I don't Look, think it's always soap bad. Soap operas I, I are called it. soap operas for a reason. Sure. Because they used to sell soap. Right. They used to stop in the middle of it and go... The baby I'm carrying is Fernando's. And then be like, but the good news is, look at these dishes. Spotless. <laughs> How did you get them spotless? Well, it's because I'm using, you know, Dove. Dove. And my hands. My hands are so Your hands soft. must be a wreck. 
Hands are not a wreck. <laughs> Hands are as soft this as the baby Fernando. I'm carrying in my... The, yeah. The <laughs> Fernando. <laughs> the, so we had to switch to the agency model, right? That was one thing. And then what happened was these departments, this is back to the New York Times, these departments like the one at the New York Times can no longer sell ads. They start losing money. And the people there are still employed. And finally, New York Times went, you know what? We're done. We're straight Google now. If you want to buy an ad, go to Google. And just, you know, whatever, right? And and then what happened was people, uh, advertisers, could basically advertise anywhere. Google started something called, instead of AdSense, they started something called Ad Exchange, which was like the, the auction house, the eBay auction house of advertising. So somebody Ooh. could go, I want to be on PVP. And somebody else went, well, I want to be on PVP too. And then they would bid against each other, which was great for us as a publisher because we'd get a higher a higher rate on, on our ads typically. But then what started to happen was these companies, these publishers that, that got rid of their ad departments, so suddenly they weren't getting premium ad sales anymore. And native advertising started to like, users started going, I know, I, that's native ad, I recognize that. I'm not going to read that because it says buy planters peanuts on the blog post. I know now that that's, that that's BS. I'm not going to read that post, right? Now right. these publishers are like, well, we're seeing a dip in revenue. What are we going to do? We rely on this ad revenue. And uh, they said, well, I know. The middlemen said, here's, here's what you do. Instead of three ads on a page, you do five ads. And one of those ads is yep. a B-roll video, and it autoplays when the person comes to the mm-hmm. site. And because it's moving, because there's movement in it, it's going to draw a lot of eyes. It's going to get clicked on. That was step one. And everybody went, this is genius, right? So then everybody did that. <laughs> genius. Genius. Everybody did that. Everything started moving. And then it was the users got used to that and said, I know what that is. That's a video. I'm not going to, I'm going to ignore it. That's not a video. That's not actual content. That's an ad. So then the advertiser said, listen. If the video plays and has sound, they can't ignore it. Right. Now it's going to make a lot of noise. So now they started making noise. And and again, the users would go, I can turn that off. I can click a button. It's gone. So now it's moving, but everybody ignores it. It's making sound, but everybody turned it off. So then they went, what if when you come to the page, you have to view it because it covers the whole page. It just pops into the page. <laughs> yep. And they got to either got to wait or you got to click the, the button to turn it off. And then let's make the little X really small so you accidentally click on the ad because then yeah, the we'll advertiser the will pay us for a click. We'll put it against a white background. Yeah. And now we're only allowed 3 ads a page, 5 if you have a special deal with Google. Now at the bottom of the page because nobody's paying attention to to sponsored posts anymore or to uh, native content anymore. Let's do a bunch of sponsored posts. So here's a whole row of internet meme stuff like cheerleader fail where boobs are popping out and the ugliest <laughs> stars you've ever seen. Yep, let's put all yep. those along the bottom and then get paid for all those clicks and let's disguise them a little bit so it kind of looks like it's content on the same site we're on, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So now you've got on a typical page, and this is typical, you've got five ads running that are all, and one or two of them are playing video and making noise. One of them popped over your screen when you came there and obscured the content. You gotta wait for it to play out or close it. And then at the bottom of the page, you have a bunch of uh, content disguised as, uh, or ads disguised as content. So now the average user is looking at 
nine ads on a page. Mm -hmm. It's our fault. We did it. The publishers did it. We're the reason why people are using Adblocker and Mass. Yeah. Saying we, I, we the the royal we, we being I mean we don't. What we do at PvP and Table Titans is we have heavy restrictions on ads. We don't allow anything that plays sound. We don't allow video. We do allow uh, GIF, so you'll see or GIF, so you'll see an ad moving, but it's it's a, a light ad, so it's not taking up a lot of stuff, and it's not auto-playing. It's like you'll see two pieces of text move or whatever. Um, you know, we've tried to be responsible with what we do on PvP and Table Titans. The The problem is that the middleman, Google, is not always monitoring these people. So often right. we'll, you know, we'll have like a certain segment of advertising blocked, like, uh, you know, dating sites or something like that. And some dating company will go to an agency and the agency wants more clicks. So they'll place the dating ad in like the gaming ad section, even though it's not. And then they'll put a piece of harmful code in there, uh, you know, harmful air quotes, but basically a piece of JavaScript that auto clicks the ad. Ugh. And then you get people, we get these emails of people like your, your website sent me to this website. Yeah. And it's like, no, well, yeah. it's not supposed to. And now we have to go back through and track down the ad that is auto-clicking itself. I mean, it's bad. It's gotten real bad. Um, yeah, well, it's, and it takes up a lot of time, too, for it's, publishers. It's, I mean, literally 10 hours a week hunting down bad ads and killing them. It's really, really time-consuming. Well, unfortunately, we've gotten past the tipping point now. I mean, like like Corey said, when we get to the point where these uh, ad blockers are baked in, everybody's mom's using them, uh, it, it's already had a huge effect on a lot of people that I talk to, uh, a lot of their ad revenue. Sure. And there's no turning back. I mean, the best you can do as a publisher at this point is ask the dedicated members of your audience to whitelist your site. Right. Uh, and then you're going to have a, a percentage of a percentage. In other words, you're going to have a certain percentage that would do it if they knew how. Sure. And then of that percentage, you've got another smaller percentage of the people that actually know how to do that, click the button, whitelist your site. But it's, it's, it's a drop in a bucket. And there's no turning back. There's no, you know, nobody's ever going to go in and disable an ad blocker no. once it's there. What it's we found is done. What we found is that by, uh, by making the the uh, our hardcore readers aware that we're actively going after these bad advertising, it means we get more whitelist. But what we've seen is that on a day where we have a, a comic that goes viral. When we should, when we used to, and we should see a huge uptick in ad revenue, we no longer do mm -hmm. because the people coming really? to the site are not going to whitelist our site. They don't know our site. Oh yeah. Last Christmas we did a run, and uh, it was like a, it was like a, a, a scratch gets an Iron Man suit basically. Mm -hmm. And Robert Downey Jr. saw it and tweeted it, and it was we were like, this is this is great payday, this is huge, and we mm -hmm. there was it was nothing. Nothing. And we had a huge traffic Jeez. influx. We had to pay a bunch of extra money in server fees. I, I was going to say, what you actually do is pay yeah. for the extra bandwidth. Right. So the bandwidth was more expensive, and we saw no return whatsoever. Whoa. We had a very expensive day instead of a very profitable day. That was the end result. Hmm. And, I didn't know that was the end result. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, right? Is like it used to be if somebody discovered your content – 
it was cool because they're going to troll the archives and they're interested in it or whatever. But with the new, you know, the, the maybe I guess it would be like the third generation of internet users, they're not interested in the content anymore. They want that. They want the, they want the taste, but they don't want to dive in. So what's hot right. today? You know, and this is the effects of social media. You know, what's hot today? Oh, this thing. Okay, I'm going to go look at it. Oh, yeah, that was funny. I'm going to move on. They're not going to, you know, we have less and less users who are diving into the content in that way. Um, that's actually a bigger problem than the ads. Maybe. Well, yeah, if they're not if they're not hitting the archive, if they're then they're not becoming fans. If they're not becoming fans, then your ability to generate an audience is only as good as your ability to stay uh, up on social media. Or how long you've been in print. I yeah. mean, that that's the other thing. Is like, the longer you do it, the better it, it gets because it becomes a word of mouth thing. So, and this this isn't just comics. This is any online entertainment. The obviously, the longer you do it, the better it's going to be because your true fans, your hardcore fans, for every one of those, they're going to generate two more. They're going to go tell two of their friends, this is awesome, and those two friends are going to tune in. It doesn't matter if you're making you know, funny videos or you're doing a podcast or you're doing a comic or you're putting up art on Instagram. Um, I met a guy the other day that makes, uh, and we're going to have him on the show, by the way. I met a guy the other day that does... Um, custom wooden yo-yos <laughs> really he makes he makes wooden yo-yos but like That's highly crafted handmade wooden yo-yos wow <laughs> well that's huh. gonna be a fun episode <laughs> he's so cool <laughs> uh but yeah I, I mean i i think we're entering a new age and i think ad block ad blocker is part of that new thing We've seen we've seen a, a small decline in revenue, but it's not from our base. I think our our base knows what we're doing with our ads. They understand that they can whitelist us and they're not gonna have a problem. And then if they do have a problem with an ad, they can contact us and we'll find the ad and kill it. Mm -hmm. um, and if it weren't for those hardcore fans, we wouldn't find those ads because now they know what to do. I have two or three people that will regularly email me and they won't just say I had an ad do this thing. They'll say this ad did this thing. Here's a here. And you can't just tell me the link it sent you to, because often the advertiser doesn't even know that the middleman, that the agency is cheating. They'll take a screen cap of the ad and then I can image search it, find it and kill it or kill the advertiser, mm -hmm. which is often what I do now because sometimes it's like we had candy crush for a long time was like sending people to candy crush to download without them clicking on it. And so now what do we think the results of all this is going to be? Well, that's, that's a, I've got two, there's two ways this can go. Number one, if you think that we're hurting for ad money, uh, think about Google uh, ads <laughs> yeah, right? is the number one way that they make their money yeah. is through selling ads on AdWords and uh, distributing words through uh, <laughs> distributing ads through AdSense. There, I don't know of any other, a major way that Google makes its money. So if we've got a reason to want to solve this problem, Google's got a billion reasons that, to solve that problem. And uh, I haven't I haven't checked recently, but you can see on September 21st when Apple's OS came out that uh, that uh, you know enabled ad blocking on iPhones, their stock took a tumble. I'll tell you what so, else happened on September 21st. Ahead. Our mobile traffic went up. Mm -hmm. 
because oh, people, is that right? Yeah, because people go, ah, I can go to PvP on my phone and no ads. Yeah. Oh. So, so I, 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 if there's going to be a solution, uh, I think it's going to come from Google, uh, uh, one way or another. They're going to find it, something. But I'll be honest with you, I have no idea what that solution is going to be. And the other thing is this: maybe it's it kind of frees us from advertising uh, because I know just to so I could talk about it reasonably. I installed ad blockers. My sites load faster. You know, other than the fact that it leaves these big empty holes on my site, it's yeah. it's a much more enjoyable experience. And, and and by the way, if if you know how to automatically substitute house ads for ads uh, uh, distributed through DFP, drop me a line because man, I'm I, I I spent a couple afternoons uh, really trying to dog it out, and it's harder than it sounds. Well, that's hmm. that's one solution, right? Is if you have uh, other content. Mm-hmm. that is relatable to your users, then uh, you can substitute what would be blocked by an ad blocker for a piece of your own advertising. But uh, depending on the ad blocker you use, ad blocker pro, I think ABP is uh, sometimes too intelligent. So on table Titans, we have a little marquee with like three images and it's all our content. Yeah. It's not an advertising. It's, it's links to various places on the site. It will, at times block pieces of that content thinking oh, it's really? an ad wow because it's too the algorithm is too smart so it looks yeah. at that content and it goes well that's a comic that's a comic but that's a link to their store which technically <coughs> is an ad so it'll just block it see i could almost see coming to the point where uh, you know i take a lot of these ads down or maybe just leave one or, or up and then put just <laughs> promos to other sites, other things that I'm doing, uh, and and just with a single HTML, no JavaScript, uh, and just put that up there and then change it manually every month. Maybe I'm promoting a book this month. Maybe I'm promoting Patreon the next and just give up the ads. Because pretty be soon the, the, the money isn't going to be uh, 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 worth holding on to anymore. Yeah, it's going to be too much trouble. I mean, already yeah. the amount of time that it eats uh, – for us on a weekly basis is a lot. It's still, yeah. it's still worth the money right now, but I could see two or three years from now, particularly if Adblocker keeps picking up like this. I mean, it, it may not be worth it anymore. I know going that uh, we can try and get whitelisted. So you can mm-hmm. go to these ad blockers and you can request to be whitelisted. And one of two things will happen. You can either pay them money Pay the ad block. I mean, in a way, it's extortion. You pay the ad blocker money, and they whitelist you. <laughs> uh, if you, but you, you were, uh, you've got to meet certain requirements. Well, and that's you? the other way. Is if you meet certain requirements, many ad blockers will automatically allow it through, and the requirements are are pretty uh, beefy. But it's not undoable. Usually, they're like the ads have to be static, the links have to be clean. Um, you know, so basically, it's it's just images with a URL. No movement, so so um, gifs are out of the question. No video, no sound. Most of the stuff that we do already, um, but the process is still difficult. We've been trying for a while, and it's a hard, mm. often because we can't stop it. Because we're not Google, and we don't control that middleman, We I can't guarantee to, to Adblocker Pro that, uh, that our... Um, 
that our ads are not going to contain that stuff because we often don't control that stuff. It's not done by us. And so it's very possible, wouldn't it be, that you could finally, after months, get whitelisted, and then something goes, <laughs> yeah, and then goes you're unwhitelisted, or, and then you're blacklisted again. Well, and it's and it's it all it does is it switches the, uh, you know, for uh, for AVP, for instance, uh, AdBlock Plus, all it does is it it opts you into automatically being disabled on your site. It doesn't mean the user can't go to your site and go, oh, there's ads here, and then immediately disable it. Right. Or immediately yeah. enable it, thereby getting yeah. rid of all your ads. Because their response is going to be, I thought I had an ad blocker installed. Right. There should be no ads here. Yeah. Well, Brad, what you said, too, about Google being the one to fix it, they yeah. they currently have a program in, I, I don't know if it's alpha or beta right now, called Google Contributor. And the mm-hmm. way that it works is you put money in your Google wallet. And mm-hmm. if you go to a site that is running Google ads, which most are, it will automatically remove those ads and pay the publisher a small portion of the money that you put into your Google wallet. But that is such a non-starter. No one's, that's never going to be widespread. No one's going to do that. Right. Because it's to get rid of 25 to 50% of the ads that you see on, on the web, Mm -hmm. it's a minimum of $10 a month contribution. So you've just increased your internet cost 10 bucks a month. Right. I think the the more the most important thing to take out of all of it, honestly, and the thing that I like to think about, because the economics of it and the big corporations in charge of it, um, of making it happen and solving it, I don't think are as interesting as the cultural ramifications of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, young people do not uh, care about ads. Um, they're not looking at ads. They DVR all their TV shows. Um, or watch it on Netflix. Or watch it on Netflix, right? Or download right? it via so, <laughs> FTP. It, what's, really, what's really funny to me is that um, I know a lot of people kind of have negative negative uh, outlooks on how kids today don't want to pay for anything. But the truth of the matter is kids today do want to pay for it. They, they, they'll pay without thinking about it. Um, you know... Um, they're paying a Netflix subscription, a Hulu subscription, an HBO Now subscription. You know, I'm, I, and, I, and by kids, I mean people in their late teens, early 20s. 30s. More Kickstarters than they can count and a Patreon. Yeah, yeah the, the pay, exactly. So they, they have no problem paying for the content. I think that we've, we've trained them well um, in that aspect. So we might... Uh, we might be finding it easier just to um, return to a uh, simpler model where, you know, we just we just offer them the opportunity to pay for the content themselves. Yeah. And we're doing it with um, things like uh, Penny Arcade doing Club PA, uh, or to a lesser extent, everyone with a Patreon. Brad, you can you can attest that mm-hmm. the success of Patreon. I can't tell you the number of people. Um, has grown that come up to us at the conventions that we attend, and these are conventions where they spend a ton of money anyway, like Gen Con and and PAX, where they're spending conventions, and they come up and say, "Here you go, here's twenty bucks," and I'm like, "What would you like?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't need any. I've got all your stuff. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, I don't need any more of your. I crap. don't need any more crap." I don't care about ads. I block all your ads. I just want to give you twenty bucks, and you know, I mean. Corey can attest the number of times that we've argued with people 
And we yeah. just say, look, I just can't take your money. Yeah, let us do a sketch. <laughs> it let doesn't us... feel right. Yeah, and, it and doesn't. It doesn't like, I don't need another sketch from you. Like, I can't even yeah, find the ones and, I have. And they really are kind of upset that, in a way, they're, uh, uh, you know, in a, and to a lesser extent, of, you know, not actually, but they're kind of offended that we just won't take the money. I mean, that's that's the that's the quickest way they know to thank us. They're like, look, we don't have any other means to just say, look, I absorbed your content. It came to me free and instantly. I can afford I'm blocking your ads and I'm not ads. buying your yeah, I'm not buying your product. Please let me just pay you for the work. Which is what every cartoonist before us was under the impression they were doing. We're actually right. we actually have fans eager to do it. So, you know, that's why every time that happens, I turn to Corey and I go, We're dumb not to put up a Patreon. There's people that want to do this. <laughs> well, we have one coming, so <laughs> yeah, like it's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, but there's a part of you that goes, well, we can't put up a Patreon. Well, why not? Well, because we do okay. You know, we make, we're right. doing all right. And it's not about that. It's about, um, yeah, a whole us. group of a whole group of people that that don't want to look at our ads, which is fine, and, and they, they don't, don't want to buy any more crap. shit. Yeah. And that's fine. But they want to pay us for the work, and why shouldn't we let them? I mean, we've really, it's, it, it, I would love for it to go to that. Well, but, I Patreon mean, it, would just improve their interface. If Patreon would just make their 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 user experience better, you could move the whole darn shooting gallery to Patreon. I don't know that that's something that will, I am, I am more confident that will be fixed before advertising is fixed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, I think whether Patreon or not will, Patreon will get it together before Google figures out a way. Patreon to will get it together model. before Google. And if not, a competitor will get it together before Patreon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say it. I'd rather, I love Jack. So I'd rather Patreon do it. I think yeah. Patreon has got it. They bought they out their the biggest VC. competitor. And yeah, I'll tell you what, man, the hack that happened was, mm-hmm. that was more, <laughs> that was more free advertising than Patreon for Patreon than anything that ever could have happened. I was white knuckling it, especially when that, that happened over a weekend. And it was just going well. <laughs> I, I don't think and I the... did lose a certain number of uh, uh, backers, but I, I've already gained them back. And it seems like a knock on wood like crazy. Uh, seems like, uh, you know, we, we they, they've kind of weathered the storm. Yeah, I think I think it wasn't a huge, it wasn't, it was a big breach, but it wasn't the kind of breach where it was like all oh, your credit card information is toast and everybody has your right, social security right, number. Right. It was, it was the kind of breach where it goes, all right, somebody got all of our metrics, which isn't great for Patreon, but it doesn't really affect the user, and everybody needs to change their password. Have a nice yeah. day, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the end result was, you had major publications oh. talking about Patreon. Absolutely. And if you look at like the Google search terms and stuff, Patreon skyrocketed. And and now you had, there was a, a viral marketing campaign recently between uh, Penguin Random House and uh, Melville Books where they did like this funny Twitter war back and forth. Oh, it was, yeah. it was super fight, cute. Yeah. But one of the tweets was, uh, where's your, you know, link me to your Patreon account so I can give you money. And it was like, you have a major book publisher mentioning yeah. Patreon the same way that people mention Kickstarter. So it's sort of like yeah. when, you, when somebody says crowdfunding and 
you know, there's a bunch of ways to crowdfund. You've got Indiegogo and you've got GoFundMe and all this stuff. But the first thing that someone thinks when you say crowdfunding is Kickstarter. And I think mm-hmm. that patronage is going to become the same thing. And in the weirdest way, my, my lizard marketing brain says this hack is the single best thing that ever could have happened to Patreon. They're, I bet you money their traffic skyrocketed the two weeks after the hack. <laughs> I hope so. Well, because everybody found out about it because because of that. Nobody ever, mm-hmm. no news organization wants to cover anything good. They nobody wants right. to cover like ah, here's this cool thing where you can give money to the people whose work you enjoy. But the second that something malicious happens, you're the front page news of every website on the planet. It's true. It was a huge story. But I, I'm with you, Scott. I think that, and this is why I'm not worried. Boy, I know these, a lot of people these are, days. I know a lot of people are worried about the ad blocker <laughs> thing, but I, I honestly believe there will be a next thing. There yeah. always is. There, I, you know, I, I yeah. asked. I don't remember. It was six, seven years back, and one of these things popped up. Whether it was an ad blocker or something else. And I was walking, we were walking to lunch or something, and I asked Robert, Koo, I'm like, does this worry you? And he goes, no, our fans will always find a way to find us. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like, like uh, there's always that. Like, there's always your fans and their um, desire and ability to support the work. And to the, to the <coughs> cranky new... Uh, artist who's out there complaining that we're breathing rarefied air because we have this huge fan base because we've been doing it for 17 years. First of all, you're right. Uh, but secondly, chill out. Earned it. Chill out, man. Just put in the sweat Earned equity. Earned it. Built it from air. Put in the sweat equity and your audience will grow. We were, we were just at Comics Crossroads Columbus giving a talk about the new creative middle class and how there's a whole subset of people that you've never heard of that are earning twenty to sixty thousand dollars a year, so like minimum wage to a starting salary at any old company that are doing photography and sculpture and Etsy and you know what they've done is they've worked really hard, they've built a little business around whatever it is that they're super into, and now they're finally making a living off of it. They're not rich. But they're making a living. And you new artists out there, you'll get there, I promise. Don't quit your day job until you're able to. But you'll get there. Like this, ah, man, this guy, I got to remember his name, that makes yo-yos. We're going to have him on the show. (laughs) The yo-yo guy. Well, because Scott doesn't exist. He does. We're going to get him. because, And the reason I want to have him is because his We're going to get him. His that job goddamn is yo-yo guy. Goddamn yo-yo Listen, guy. he works at a at a company that makes furniture, but yo-yos are his passion, and he's developed this little audience of yo-yo God buyers. It. Sounds like there's going to be strings attached to this one. Yeah. No. I, I couldn't sneak that it's one in. It. But so Scott how's the yo-yo business? Oh, it's got its ups and downs. No strings attached. <laughs> Constantly spinning. You should have skymalled the hell out of that. There's no reason that deserves it. You got to see those up for when we have him on the show. Do a quick dunk in. Oh, and, uh, that was a good one. Baby. Uh, oh, for me, 
For me, the whole thing, uh, I mean, yeah, we were talking about there's going to be another thing, and, and I know, Scott, you're going to identify with this. For me, it has become about not being that old guy of comics that we came up against when we got into this, where the syndicated guys were, were angry and upset because their business model was changing and they weren't able to change with it. And I refuse to be that guy. Uh, you know, I, I refuse to be a victim in that way. I will continually look for the next thing and yeah. figure out what that is and the thing after that and the thing after that because I'm not going to let a little thing like, uh, you know, a, a business model, a distribution model or anything like that keep me from doing this thing that I've set, put so much time into doing. Yeah, man. I don't get Tumblr, but I watch it like a hawk. I'm not going to say that Tumblr uh, isn't going to work. I don't get YouTubers, but I watch it. Yeah. The one time that I acted just like the uh, the syndicated guys that uh, crapped on me, uh, mm. the one time I did it, boy, do I ever regret it. Did it backfire on you? No. I apologized to the guy, but I was really hard on the oatmeal. I was like, that is not comics. That's an SEO guy doing lists. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. It's comics. They're comics. They're yeah. not the kind of comics I make, but they're comics. Yeah. And he's doing a great job, and he's a really cool guy. He gave a talk. And he did not. He did not deserve. Not that it ever touched his radar, but. Well, but I then certainly, you guys went to to lunch and hung out and stuff. I did not. No. Never but went to lunch with him. With Matt in there. No, I went up to him at Emerald City Con and apologized ah. to him for the bullshit. And he probably um, he probably didn't even give. We a shit. had lunch with his <laughs> we had lunch with his business guy one time. Oh yeah, yeah. But he did um, a, a a talk or a presentation at Ba Fest, hosted by our own Dylan McConus. You should go search uh-huh. it. She's delightful, mm-hmm. and she should do more presenting. Uh, <laughs> as she's sitting here listening to us. Um, but he, he did a little, he was like the keynote and he did a little presentation to open and it was so funny, just fantastic. Yeah. He's a super funny guy. Yeah. I mean, it was great. It was great. And that I've never really, but I tell you what, like I've never really felt, uh, threatened by anyone that's coming up and doing really well. Most of the time, because I feel like, like, um, like when it's someone that I really respect, I just get excited. Like Jeff Jacks one time had a line that was so huge. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And Kate Beaton, that first Emerald City, that she had a huge line. We were all like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Dave was like, I wish it wasn't going past our booth, but yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but um, when that first San Diego that Homestuck was there and you could just see everyone webcom was going, oh, fuck, oh, what is God. this? Yeah. yeah I was man. like, mm, you know. And they're like, oh, God, does that worry you? And I'm like, uh, ask me again in two years. Right. <laughs> well, and, and like, ask worry, me again in two years. This is the thing that I can never understand. Worry how? How does it worry? There's 7 billion people on the planet, and more people have access to the internet every single uh, you day. You know, I think it's just that, no, I um, worry in the sense that. Uh, Maybe that's the future of online entertainment. And you're well, not if the you one don't understand. If you don't understand it, there's no way to participate. And I mean, there's no way to understand Homestock. There's just yeah. no way. I even asked Chris <laughs> one time, I'm like, maybe I better jump into Homestock and see if I can figure it out. He's like, no, all that way lies madness. You'll never figure it out. 
And I'm, I was like, all right. I wish Dylan, I think she might be away from her desk. I wish you were listening right now because I know she's read it. And maybe she could explain. <laughs> I read some of it and I found it uh, super. There was some stuff in there that was super hilarious. Yeah. I like it a lot. <coughs> I, I can't go that far down the rabbit hole. But what I've read, I've thoroughly enjoyed. If you haven't read Homestuck. The one that out. I can understand that people like. Like I, I can I can objectively look at it and go, yeah, I understand. It's not my thing. I don't get it. But I can totally see why everyone digs it. Sure. Is Akewood? I just yeah, yeah. can't can't wrap my head around Akewood. <laughs> but it's still there's still stuff about it. Every now and then I'll read an Akewood and it just resonates with me. But other times I read it, and I go, "What? Oh no! It's it's what funny and the and the craft the craft in it is evident. Like the yeah. craft is evident. Yeah, yeah. Like like if I watch PewDiePie, I'm like the craft is not evident to me, and I don't <laughs> get it. But that's fine. I, I, that's great. But like the craft is evident in Akewood. I just don't. It doesn't trip my trigger. But again, it's one of those things where come talk to me in five years. Like a lot of these guys, especially the ones that Skype. Like I it the the hot burns scare the shit out of me for yeah. for them. Yeah. Especially. <clears throat> you want a slow burn, but but these flashes in the pan, man. If they can't convert to a slow burn, it it always implodes, every single time. Yeah, yeah and that, time. there's there's a and, whole and history funny, of that. If you, if you yeah, no, it, there is. Homestuck imploded, Akewood imploded, um, I Kate converted, but mm-hmm. Kate stepped back. Kate was smart. Um, yeah, it's really odd. I think the the point is. There's going to be something else. And we don't know what it is. There's no... Every time I think I've got it figured out, oh, this is the next big thing, I'm 100% wrong. Yeah. It's Well, not 100%. I'm 40% wrong. It's usually close. I'm usually close, but I can't predict it. I mean, I... I, And I think that's true for anybody. I think you can can get 50% of the way there, but with how quickly technology changes and how it affects the arts, particularly when we're talking about online... Uh, media and entertainment you can get almost there very very close but you're never going to understand the entirety of it it's just not going to happen and i think the best thing that anybody can do is you know adapt roll with the punches set a budget for yourself and your business and and don't put yourself in a situation why are you laughing because he heard me say, when you said budget, I said set a woof. budget. You went, he went woof. There, we should have we should have an entire show just about budgeting, uh, where, where we talk about that in realistic terms. Because that's that's one thing that it, that really has become like a uh, uh, like a hot button topic for me. When I when I see people saying, oh, I'm going to go, I, I just bought a table to go to a comic convention in this other town. I just got to figure out what to make so I can sell now. Uh, it's like, ooh. oh my God! You got, you got you, the you, cart you, before the horse, a, kid. Yeah, you, it's a recipe for losing money. The, and I wish I, it, there there was a time uh, when I first moved into uh, my studio. I put up all of my badges for for comic conventions. It filled a wall, and I remember somebody else from Web Comics uh, saying, "Yeah, if I had a wall like that, I would want to take half of them down." 
And I remember kind of being a little bit like like peeved that, that they had said that. And because uh, I'm like, yeah, geez, I'm really proud of all these shows, blah, blah, blah. And and the more I go down the road, the more I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I totally get it now because those were the shows that, that I was paying to go. Those were the shows that I was paying too much to go. Those were the shows that I was trying to, you know, do the same thing, trying to create something or print something so I'd have something to sell. And it's just the yeah. dumbest thing in the world. I think the, the number one new artist, like new online artist failing that I see is that they don't create a realistic understanding of uh, income and expenses. Mm-hmm. And it always we should, t- we should do a show about budgeting and stuff. Yeah, we should. I, I mean, won't be involved because I don't know how to do it. But <laughs> but what ends up happening is you get burnout of really talented creators. I mean, the, my my greatest fear is always when somebody leaves their job at the coffee shop just a little too soon. Mm-hmm. And and they do it because they have one boon. Like they got one big win, right? For instance, say advertising takes off. And then they go, ah, that's it. I'm done. Now I can oh, yeah. do this full time. And then advertising shifts and they uh, immediately they're screwed. And they're like, ah, yeah. damn it. And sometimes that just happens. Like on a, sometimes you're running a business and things change and you've got to shift and maybe you go back to your coffee job. It's fine. But mm-hmm. there's a, you know who we should have on, on to talk about this? And we'll, we should do this in an, uh, a future episode. We should have Tavis on. Because he was a, a manager at a, a bookstore chain in Arizona for a long time before he left his, his job to be a full-time cartoonist. Yeah. Well, future episode. <laughs> if only he were here right now. I think he is, but I don't think he's... Only he's got his head down. He's got his head down. He's drawn. No. No one cares. Look, stay the course. <laughs> That's the trick. <laughs> Take it well, and and it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, that's, with the, that's punches. the other one. It's there's lots of time for all this stuff. You feel like you got to do it right now, right now, and there's lots of time for this. I'm excited for the future. I'm not a lot of people are trepidatious about ads right now. I'm pumped because I, I know the next thing is going to be awesome. And frankly, I'm so sick of ads. I'm so sick of staring at a bunch of spreadsheets trying yeah, to figure out. Code. What's working, yeah. what's not working. Yeah, updating code, changing analytics, meeting new advertising standards, updating privacy policies, hunting down malicious ads and killing them. Uh, I'm, if I get one more email from an advertiser saying they want to put <laughs> native content on my site or we want to run a bunch of B-roll BS or let's just get this one pop under ad, you'd make so, you know, you'll make... 700 extra dollars a month if you just do this one ad that pops under i'm like yeah, i will and i'll lose a thousand yeah. readers overnight overnight right right oh totally and, and those are readers that are not going to come back when somebody finally gets do you know how many uh, sites that i've got mentally rolodexed like on when they come up in facebook i know not to click that link because i had such a bad experience comic book resources <laughs> Period. That's number one on the list. I will never go there again. <laughs> well, Jonah, it, you're blowing it. Dude, oh, Jonah, oh. come on. Come on the show God. and tell us why you're doing this to us. Oh, you it's know the what? Worst. There might be a really good read. You never know. Jonah, his point of view might be interesting on that. His point of view is he's got to pay the bills. He's got to pay the bills. <laughs> Jonah, seriously, though, slow down. Take a nap. It's too much. <laughs> I'm not reading anything. Yeah. I can't. I can't either. I'm done, man. Uh, even Robot Six, which I used to frequent, 
all the time. The, that the, that got they they blew that one too. Yeah, it's like you can't go they there. Blew anymore. it up. You're un. It's unvisitable. You blew it up. Damn you. Damn you all to hell. Now I, I can't go to comic book resources or Robot Six because of the ads. I can't go to Comics Alliance because. Chris Sims is there, and he's a dickhead. And I can't go to Bleeding Cool because so it's, uh, the, it's the it's, it's Bleeding Cool, comics. and he's a dickhead. Can you so, go to Newsarama? Oh, is Newsarama still around? Still Let me exists? see. I don't know. Newsarama. Now Comic we're all going news. to Newsarama. It's like, is it still online? <clears throat> right. I like major spoilers. Here you go. I New- the guy I do comic dorks with. Newsarama. He's good. Right. Nope, I got ads. Big fucking ads. Well, here's up. the deal. I just went to Newsarama with my ad blocker running. It blocked 14 ads on the homepage. Holy moly. Yeah. Yep, I've got 16 over here. Let me turn it off and reload it. And I'll count. I loaded up major spoilers and received zero ads. I mean, right. ads, but not pop ups. First thing that happens on Newsarama with no ad blocker pop over ad. Undertone, FDIC, get your money here. On the page, I count oh, one, one's two, bad. three. Three ads uh, running. I got a video going. I've got native. I've got content hidden within the content, so I have a couple of posts that are clearly Comics not. Reporter, that's where I usually go, and Collider. Tom Spurgeon, yeah. Hey, Spurgeon's you know what? The, the Spurge. I'll give Heidi a shout out. I like the beat. I like the, the beat's comic reporter. I like the beat. I do like the beat. Um, I like Comics Reporter a lot. He gets a lot of really good stuff in there. Yeah, he mm-hmm. does. And Gary reads a ton of shit. Talking about Fleen? Yeah. yeah man, if I'm you like, like web comics, Gary finds every nook and cranny. Any web comic news you find on Comics Reporter, he got it. From, he probably got it from Gary. Hey, Gary, the front page Gary of uh, immensely. Front page of Fleen is calling out Brad Geiger. What? <laughs> oh, right. He he did a very uh, nice tie-in between talking about my Patreon page and and what uh, Erica Moen was tweeting about today. How old is that publicity photo? Oh God, that's <laughs> that is ancient. <laughs> no, is it? Well, yeah. There's no gray in my hair. It's he it, loves not... he loves putting that yeah, photo up. Yeah, he uses that all the time. That I think that that was shot by a photographer at the Daily News. Uh, That's not my favorite college. one. Where's my favorite one? The, your favorite one is worth with my hand uh, <laughs> up on my uh, chin. <laughs> oh, I gotta find it. This one, <laughs> this one I love because. It's, it's indignant. It's him going, really? But where is the one? There's one where Brad, it's it's like, oh, I'm in another bucket of syrup. I gotta, I can't find it. It's on, it's on my bookshelf, but I don't know if I can find a link. Oh, it's so great. Have I finally succeeded in uh, outliving it? Geiger headshot <laughs> images and I think this is a well, good close. This is a good spot to wrap up because I want everybody to go check out that Fleen article, and then next week we're going to talk to Brad and Erica Moen about naughty comics. Naughty yeah. comics. Naughty comics come back for porn. 
<laughs> Boobies and penises. Vaginas, too. We draw them. Draw them all the time. Big secret. Draw them Brad, for you. Brad's drawn porn. <laughs> Yeah, I, next I gotta, week. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a hard time making it through that one. I know it's I, gonna I, be fantastic. I can't I wait. I think I stutter <laughs> now. Lord, oh, we're gonna destroy you. It's gonna be. It's gonna be You're so gonna have a hard time, time, aren't you? I really, I really am. I, 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 I. I... <laughs> He's not gonna I, be able to talk about it. It's gonna be so good. Listen, I literally, I've... I literally turn into Harvey Dent. I one second it's the greatest thing in the world, and the next thing, a next thing you know, I am completely ashamed of myself. <laughs> but like, what happens when you're drawing it? Are you drawing it going, oh yeah? Are you drawing oh. it going, good? No. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I'm drawing it, I'm totally into it because it's a totally, it's a totally different challenge. It's 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 not about the uh, porn at that point. It's 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 the anatomy and the challenge that comes with drawing that. I I, I don't want to get too far into. And that's it all you I, get. Come back next week. <laughs> we get to all I'm to gonna Brad. say about next week. We get to listen all to Brad say, stumble his way through talking about the porn that he's been drawing. All I'm gonna say about next week is you can learn a lot about a man from the way he draws a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. I'll be up all night. <laughs> Am I drawing them wrong? <laughs> On behalf of myself, Corey Cassoni, and my co-hosts, Brad Geiger and Scott Kurtz, thank you so much for joining us. It's been another fantastic week. Remember, this show is made possible by listeners like you, so if you like what you heard, head to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and consider becoming a patron. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your support. We'll see you next week on Surviving Creativity. Surviving Creativity.